Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we are diving headfirst into productivity, and we're going to talk about your daily routines, my daily routines, and what we might need to do to give them a makeover. So today, I'm going to share a little bit about my own personal experience, but also how you can take that information and apply it to your life. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies Podcast, a podcast for teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom or starting a side hustle to grow into a self-sustaining business. My name is Jennifer Holt, and I'm here to provide you with strategic action steps designed to help you leave the classroom on your terms. Whether you're a work-at-home mom building your teacher empire, or you're still teaching and just want some tips for productivity, that's all that we're going to be talking about in this episode. The truth is, we all need to have routines in place to maximize our productivity, but the daily routines makeover ideas that I'm sharing with you today are going to give you a glimpse into how I manage my work-at-home schedule. Now, spoiler alert, I'm not perfect. But I have figured out a few things that make my day go much more smoothly. And that is where the daily routines makeover comes in. I enjoy checking things off my daily to-do list. But I noticed when I was trying to be super specific by breaking down my day into minute-by-minute activities, I was 100% totally stressed out. I had created this like daunting list of totally unrealistic tasks that I wanted completed in an impossible timeline. And every day I was falling farther and farther behind. And I knew there had to be a better way. That's when I executed a daily routines makeover. I started looking at my day from a more big picture perspective. And that has skyrocketed my productivity because I can focus on just the most important things instead of getting stuck in the minutia of the day. So the first tip for conducting your own daily routines makeover is utilize a block schedule. So what do I mean when I say a block schedule? Well, it's actually really simple. A block schedule is just a block of time devoted to a specific topic or job, and it typically ranges from an hour to eight hours. And the reason block schedules are so helpful is that you can stay focused on one specific topic or job until it's completed. Think about a typical nine to five job. An employee comes in at 9 a.m. They complete all the tasks designated for that particular day, and then they leave at 5 p.m. That's the power of a block schedule. Now, obviously, since I work at home and I'm my own boss, my day isn't quite as neatly packaged or defined. So to make it a bit easier for me, I set time frames or blocks aside each day to complete work. During work time, I try to keep personal phone calls, laundry, cooking, and all the other various mom tasks to a minimum, at least as much as possible. And I do this because there is research that indicates that when workers experience interruptions that are different in context to the task being performed We are disrupted, which causes a loss of focus, concentration, and momentum. But that also shows us that it makes it even harder once we get out of focus and we're focused on something else. It's really tough just to rein it back in and restart that task again, because then it takes us another 30 minutes to get ourselves situated, remember where we left off, and get back in the zone again. So by working in blocks, I give myself the maximum amount of time and focus for a specific 
task. Let me give you a quick tip. Look at your current daily schedule. If you're in the classroom full time, do as much of your teacher work as possible during your contract hours. That way, when you go home, you can work on your side hustle in the small amount of time you can carve out of your busy schedule. If you are not in the classroom full time, you have a little more liberty to make adjustments to your work at home schedule. Obviously, if you have little ones running around, your work-at-home mom schedule will probably vary greatly from day to day. Number two, break your block into chunks. Okay, I probably could have made that sound a little more professional, but you know by now that I'm all about honesty, just being real and doing what works. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that I get really bored when I have to complete mundane tasks. And no matter how much I love my job, there are mundane tasks that have to be completed. Yes, It's true. So to keep myself focused but not bored, I break my work block into chunks. For me, I like to break down my boring tasks or those that take a lot of time and are super repetitive into 30-minute chunks. I work like mad for 25 minutes and then I take a five-minute break. Now, this break is really important because it gives me time to move around and it helps me stay focused on a large task that would be difficult for me to finish in one sitting. You may be saying to yourself, no, wait a second, Jennifer, didn't you just say that you should stick with a task and now you're saying take a break? So which one is it? Well, I am so glad you asked. Think about it like this. When you're in the zone, writing a blog post or creating a resource, you could go on for days. Time is irrelevant. You don't notice anything that's going on around you because you are so focused. You will just keep attending to that task as long as it's needed because you're, quote, in the zone. That momentum you have going will keep you focused for a really good deal of time. But once you stop working to go switch out laundry or work on dinner, your concentration is gone and you've lost all of that momentum that you had gained during the task. Now, on the flip side, if you find you're having trouble keeping your focus past that 25-minute mark, what you need to do is give yourself a five-minute break to stand up, stretch, grab a glass of water, or do a few push-ups. But here's the important thing. You need to set a timer for five minutes and at the end of that time, get right back into the task you were working on. Don't start another task during that five minutes. Check social media or make any major decisions because that's where we really get off track. When our brains switch gears to do another mental task, whether that be scroll Instagram, check Facebook, we break that concentration and that's why it takes us so long to get back into the flow. So take your five minutes, then immediately go back to work for another 25 minute stretch. You can repeat this cycle as many times as you need to during your work block. That way you're working and resting your mind and body as needed to remain at optimum performance level. Now, let me give you a quick tip. Don't neglect to set the timer. While you think you know how long five minutes is and how long 25 minutes is, you will discover that your time frame is all out of whack if you don't set a timer. Trust me when I tell you, you'll give yourself lots of rest time and work for like a minute and a half. Your timer is going to guarantee that you stick to your block schedule and it will help you maximize the time that you do have available. Especially if you only have a really small amount of time available, you need to do everything within your power to be super productive and super focused during that time. If it helps, you can even set your timer for 25 minutes first and then when the alarm sounds, you'll know it's break time. So start off by setting your timer for 25 minutes and then for five minutes, 25 minutes and five minutes. Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. In other words, you just keep doing the same thing. Just remember, 
If you're in a good flow, you don't have to set your timer. The timer is really more to help you stay focused for a good stretch, but then to give you some rest time. If it's something mundane and something that you know you're going to struggle to complete, it just makes it much more manageable. So use that timer if you need it. But if you're in a good flow, don't stop until you get to a point where your mind is starting to wander because this is going to help you maximize that focus and productivity and your efficiency. Number three, establish environmental triggers. When I was younger, I took piano lessons. And because I learned by the Suzuki method or by ear, I was required to listen to my piano tape. Yes, I'm that old. I had a tape. We didn't even have CDs at that point in time. But I digress. I was required to listen to my piano tape every day while I did my homework. While I would have told you I hated classical music at that point in my life, the piano music I was hearing became a trigger for me. I knew that as soon as I got home from school, I would turn on my music and do my homework. Fast forward a couple of decades, and I've come to realize that when I really need to focus, cueing a classical music playlist is exactly what I need. And although classical music isn't really my genre of choice for most activities, it is when it comes to working. And that's the power of triggers. A trigger is just something that your mind has equated with focus. It can be the scent of a candle, a specific essential oil being diffused, music, or anything else you can imagine. The trigger doesn't really matter so much as what it tells your senses and your mind to do. So here's another quick tip. Think about what you would like to use as a trigger and start doing that thing right before a work session. This will help you, and eventually your family as well, distinguish between playtime and work time, and you will find that your productivity goes through the roof. Number four, be intentional. One of the most important parts of setting up a schedule or completing a daily routines makeover is to use any available time you have to work your side hustle or your teacher business. You don't want to exit the classroom just so that you can work more hours at home. That's why you have to be very intentional about how you perceive your work time, how you explain that time to others, and ultimately how you structure your day. So I want to break down those three components and tell you What is so important about each? Number one, your perception of your workday. You need to think of your work time as if you were an employee. You wouldn't go to a job and expect your boss to wait on you because you were on a personal phone call for an indefinite amount of time. You also wouldn't leave to run home and do a few loads of laundry. So don't allow yourself to drift into the multitasking mindset because you will do poorly across the board. Mark off your work time in your planner and then do what needs to be done for work during that time. Then when you've completed the task, the laundry will still be waiting. Trust me, the laundry is always waiting. Number two, how you explain your work time to others. We all know that we can't control what others think, but sometimes we actually do ourselves a disservice unintentionally. Let me give you an example. Because I work from home, I have freedom in my schedule. However, when something needs to be done during the normal nine to five workday, who do you think others automatically assume can do it? Yes, you are correct. That would be me. You see, what I didn't realize was that this was actually my own fault. I had encouraged this view because I had made myself available during working hours. So something I want to help you avoid is making sure that you're explaining to others what you do at home. You are working. This is an important time that should be guarded and protected just as if you were going in and working for an employer. So make sure that you explain this to others, including your spouse, your kids, family members, church members, friends, etc., 
that you are working from home. This will allow you to be in charge of what you take on instead of being the one that everyone assumes will do the task. Number three, how you structure your day. This is one of the essential pieces of your daily routines makeover, and it will require some thinking on your part because the way you structure your day is going to be contingent on one very important factor you. Now, without question, I'm a morning person. I prefer to wake up early and get as much done as I possibly can. In all honesty, I usually wake up around 5.30 or 6 a.m. with a clear vision of the day, and I want to tackle all the things head on. But by about 3 p.m., I'm pretty much done when it comes to decision-making and thinking. Now, my brother, on the other hand, is the total opposite. He would rather get up around 11 and become hyper-focused around 8 p.m. By the time he's ready to make progress on his to-do list, I'm ready to call it a night. So you can see how knowing this information has helped us when it comes to something as simple as phone calls. My brother knows not to waste his time calling me after 10 p.m. because I'm either already asleep or well on my way. On the flip side, I know if I call him at 6 a.m., I might as well be talking to a zombie because he isn't going to remember our conversation. Now, I say all of that to say this. Knowing when you are focused and ready to take on the day will help you know how to create an optimal work schedule and when to target your power hours. What are power hours, you ask? Power hours are those chunks of time when you feel hyper-focused and you notice that you can get a lot accomplished. If you're a work-at-home mom, you may have to work before your kids get up, during nap time, or after they go to bed at night. That is just the nature of the season that you're in. In my case... I know I am way more productive in the morning, so I work as hard as I can before anyone else is awake. But just because that schedule works for me doesn't mean that you have to adopt the same one. Just think about when you get the most done in the least amount of time, and that's going to be your power hour time. Now, I had a couple of teachers that were just like, I would really like to know what your schedule looks like and how you break down your day. So I'm going to walk you through kind of a day in the life situation of my schedule. So here we go. Sometime around 5.30 or 6 a.m., I get up and I do my Bible study and prayer time. This is really important to me because it helps me get focused and in the correct mindset for the day. Around 6.30, I finish up my Bible study. I get dressed, brush my teeth, wash my face, you know, do all the things and get ready for the day. Typically, I'll throw in a load of laundry or something along those lines. Around 7 a.m. till about 11 a.m., that is going to be my first big work block of the day because honestly, this is my most productive time of the day, period. So I work as hard as I can during that time from 7 to 11 a.m. Once 11 rolls around, typically somewhere between 11 and 12, and again, remember, this isn't an exact number time. This is more just a fluid daily schedule. I'll have lunch, and something that I've started recently with my boys is we'll either play a board game or watch a movie, uh, something along those lines while we eat lunch. And then of course, if I have done a load of laundry in the morning, I'll just switch it over. Then at 12 o'clock, I typically do assorted household chores, whether that means more laundry, which seems like a never ending task, or vacuuming, or sweeping, or laying out something for dinner, or whatever that might look like. Then around one o'clock, I go ahead and plan for my next big chunk of time, or my next big work block. This is when I have found the 25-minute work time, five-minute break really comes in clutch, because I have a harder time focusing in the afternoons than I do in the mornings. So this is when I'll typically use that 25-minute, five-minute cycle 
to help me get through the afternoon work time. Then around five o'clock, I quit working for the day. We'll have dinner. And then my husband, he gets home from work right around that time too. Around six or seven, we'll typically do exercise. And I do that because number one, my job is very sedentary and it's important for my mental health and for my physical health that I exercise. And then after that, it's just a variety of spending some time with my family, watching TV, whatever we might want to do. Now, if I'm being perfectly honest, it's never as tidy as that schedule really indicates. The main thing that I want you to think about as you're thinking about a schedule is having an order to your day. Like in my case, I might not wake up till 6 a.m. one day. Well, I could either freak out because I'm 30 minutes late, or I could say, okay, I'll just push everything down 30 minutes. Or I can just say, okay, I know that my Bible study and prayer is first. Next, I'm going to get dressed and ready for the day. It's not an exact science. Do I have days that I deviate from my schedule? Definitely. Do my kids play sports and make my schedule a hot mess? Oh my gosh, yes. Do I freak out if I have to deviate from this schedule? Well, occasionally I do. I'm not going to lie. I Sometimes I do. But most of the time I don't because I have in mind already what I need to do and kind of how my day needs needs to be laid out. And that means that if I have to take somebody to a doctor's appointment or do something unexpected, I just have to be flexible and shift as needed. The important thing that I want you to think about is that creating a schedule is going to work for you, but it isn't going to be just this black and white perfect thing that once you get it on paper, it's always going to work every single day without question. There are just a lot of gray areas. And periodically, you're going to have to do another daily routines makeover. While the one that I've shared has worked wonders for my productivity, you may need to tweak it really to fit your needs. The key is to think about your day more fluidly. I keep reusing that word fluidly because if you're still in the classroom or you're trying to create a schedule as a work-at-home mom, you know that every day is different and a lot depends on the needs of your children. Maybe you're getting ready to add some new tasks into your schedule and you aren't really sure how much time those are going to take or how much time you're going to need to complete them. That's where that block schedule and chunking is going to come in handy because you can work during your block, figure out how much time you need for each of these new tasks, and then organize and reorganize your time to fit a little more closely with the amount of time you have to work your business. It's okay if your schedule changes occasionally. Just remember to make sure that you're in control of your schedule. You have those time blocks noted in your planner and you protect those time blocks by acting the same way you would as an employee. I am so excited to hear about how you're going to make over your daily routines and which one of these things is going to help you the most. So be sure to pop over to Instagram at Classroom Exit Strategies, shoot me a DM and let me know just exactly how you plan to put this into practice. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast at happyteachermama.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Holt, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.